Our text this morning for the message is uh, from the epistle reading, the second reading uh, from 1 Corinthians chapter 2. I'm going to bring you again uh, verses 9 and 10. As it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of men imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit, for the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. This is our text. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. I would suppose that um, you'll understand the word wisdom. Uh, I, I just find it interesting that sometimes um, what we thought was wisdom ends up being a little bit of nonsense. But, I mean, that happens in life sometimes. I, I'm thinking specifically of my uh, childhood. <clears throat> People used to tell me things. I, I remember my, my grandmother telling me things that probably shouldn't be repeated that are wisdom theoretically. Uh, I don't want to go there right now. <laughs> but we'll talk about my sister. She told me when I was a little boy that uh, I should hold my breath when we drive by cemeteries. <clears throat> now, I, I don't know what that's about to this day, but she would, thought it was really important, so, you know, that's what I did for a while. Uh, and then, you know, you have other things like that that you've heard over the years. If you spill salt, you got to throw some over your shoulder. I don't know what that's for either. Uh, don't walk under ladders, which seems kind of obvious. If you use ladders, you walk under them, you can get kind of squashed or broken or knock somebody else over. I understand that one a little bit, but I don't think that's what they were talking about. And then, you know, um, breaking mirrors and, you know, there's a whole bunch of that stuff. And in all of them, there is a little bit of wisdom, something interesting or useful or in some kind of way. But soon enough, eventually that stuff becomes understood to be foolishness. That's just the way people are. Now, I'm saying that because these, this group in Corinth, well, they're... They're pretty much babes in the faith, I guess is the best way to describe them. They are uh, come to faith when Paul visited them. He was there for a long time by his standards. He was there for about three years, and, and they did come around. But if you think about it, three years in the faith, especially when nobody else around knew anything before that, you can imagine that being sort of infantile in understanding. So what ended up happening, and, and the reason he's writing his letter, is they got to be pretty divisive. Um, they, they were arguing, essentially, about what was actually wisdom. And, and so, you know, some of them thought that one teacher or another was smarter. Uh, some supposed that uh, certain leaders were uh, better at that. Um, uh, that they sound better in the things that they said. Uh, some segments of their society uh, seemed more respectable, so they seemed better maybe to listen to. You know, what you have to understand is in Corinth, it's kind of like uh, the, the Greek Riviera, you might say. Uh, this is where people went when they were uh, well-to-do, well-respected, powerful even, uh, Retired ambassadors and senators, uh, military leaders, generals, 
uh, rich merchants, people that were successful were the ones that moved to Corinth in their retirement very often. And it was a pretty wealthy society. And then, of course, now you also got to remember that anytime you have that sort of folks around, you have all the ones that look after them. Uh, they have uh, servants in their homes and people looking out for their gardens and sometimes looking after their kids. Uh, and uh, you know, those people are all in the mix, too. They, you know, of course, you still have the street merchants and the people looking after the temples and all that stuff. And, and, and you got to understand that all of those people were in the church. So you have to suppose there's going to be some division because if you have differing opinions and you used to think that you were pretty smart, then you're probably going to insist on your way. And then other people are going to have the same thought and there's going to be some fussing. And there was fussing because their wisdom wasn't particularly wise with regard to God's things. So Paul says here that uh, he did bring some wisdom of life to them uh, for the more mature people in the faith, but it wasn't where he started with them. That stuff was, uh, what would you say, added on later when they started to understand and believe the things that they needed at first. And this happens to us as well. You're expected to be a little better uh, in understanding of God's things if, after you've been a Christian for a while, and that's, that's what happens. And so, but he didn't start there. Um, he says that there wasn't any f fancy f speech or jargon. There was no cleverness, no high-sounding theories about what he taught them to get them started in the faith. But he says, uh, and if anything, he didn't come with that kind of voice, but he came with his weakness and with his own fears and even uh, with trembling because of how important it was what he was doing with these people. And in the sense that he was serving God among them, that was a very, a very important way to be. Then he was bringing God's wisdom, God's power, especially, he says, according to what the Holy Spirit was doing among them. That's why they came to believe. And what they came to believe was Christ crucified and nothing else, or at least at first. Now, you may have supposed at some point that you have come to believe uh, Christian faith because it makes sense to you, and maybe it does by now, uh, or it makes you feel better, because <clears throat> some people will stay if they're happier. Uh, uh, of course, you, you may actually be happier, but that isn't <laughs> exactly what happened. Uh, and, uh, or, or maybe there's some other uh, personal approach that you found useful coming to Christian faith. It, it seems like that sometimes, this, these things are what matter, but uh, you've also heard uh, a lot of what passes for wisdom in this world. Um, <clears throat> who's the smartest guy about your health? Uh, here's a little tip here, a little tip there. Uh, who is uh, smartest about you looking after your money? Uh, you understand what I mean? Those are the wise people of the world and they have something to offer, but this is not what works. That doesn't pass muster in your faith. Because that's about something entirely different. In the kingdom of God, it's about Christ crucified. Think about it like this, though. <clears throat> 
God made, uh, made Adam and Eve uh, all the way back there at the beginning. Uh, he made them perfect. He made them very good. And eventually, uh, I think, uh, took them all the way to the third chapter of Genesis to sin. <clears throat> Which doesn't seem like a very long time. I wonder if it was like the day after creation or something, but that's just me. Uh, it didn't take them long. That was what happened. Okay, so uh, if you were in God's shoes, I don't actually know if God wears shoes, but if, but if he does, and, and you found yourself in those shoes, if you were God, uh, you have to think about what would you do about this problem of sin. And um, you probably have some idea what you do when somebody sins against you, uh, and maybe you'd like that to end, and maybe you should get rid of all sinners, and, and then you're going to be alone. <laughs> but um, this, that's not what God does. Uh, take a look at what he does. To fix this problem, think about if you could go this way. Uh, you're uh, you're going to try to do what makes sense. In God's sense, in his wisdom, that's what you want to do. So you, you come down from heaven uh, to be here as a human being. Uh, just like, you know, all the sinners, except for without the sin part. And, and, and then you do this just so you can go and die on a cross like a criminal. And that should fix it. Now, does this seem reasonable to you? Uh, I mean, uh, this is the, the, one of the great difficulties of the world, looking at that and saying, huh, this is wisdom. This doesn't make any sense. It's goofy. And you believe it. And uh, this is the way the world sees it. It doesn't sound like any good sense. It isn't your wisdom, certainly, or mine. Uh, it isn't your prediction, because nobody would ever have supposed, even though God talked like this in the, in the prophets sometimes, nobody would come up with, God's going to go die on a cross. Um, it wouldn't be your preference, even. I know I have spoken to some of you at uh, multiple times and said, so... You just always want Jesus to go to the cross, right? And then you, you know, think about that. You don't really want Jesus to go to a cross because that's horrible. And, and you don't want him to have to do that. But then on the other hand, God thought that was exactly what you're supposed to do. And, and so he did. So it's not your preference. It's not your choice. It's not anything that you would think is a good idea. But that's what he did. And, and uh, the other thing you need to realize is that you couldn't possibly conceive of this in your own mind as wisdom. It's true enough that you couldn't come up with this as wisdom because it's God's wisdom, not yours. Uh, 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 and it's Christ crucified, which is also probably not your own idea. But, uh, but it is the wisdom of God. Christ crucified is the wisdom of God that has been opened to you by the witnesses that saw it, heard about it, um, uh, of Christ's life and his death and his resurrection, and this is the wisdom of God, so we're told. If you think about it, down through the ages, uh, Paul spoke about these things, having spoken to Jesus, the other apostles all spoke and spent a lot of time with Jesus over some years, uh, and, and that's what they talked about. This is what they thought was the wisdom of God because that's what Jesus told them. Um, so, uh, uh, and all the way down to you, this has been the wisdom of God.
which you now believe. Um, even still, you could not have received it in any sort of understanding that it's wisdom because the world doesn't do that. You have come to believe it, but it wasn't because you thought it was such a great thing. Uh, it wasn't an idea you could have had yourself. So people doubt this regularly. Some don't believe it. Some despise it. Some hate it. But you believe it because it was given to you. Despite your sinfulness, despite your weakness, despite your foolishness, and, and it has been given to you to be your salvation by the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God lives in you and has convinced you that this is true. Now, this is what Paul is saying. He didn't come with his own ideas or his own wisdom or anybody else's idea of wisdom. He came with the Spirit of God, working through the things that he saw and witnessed and spoke of Christ crucified. That's what's been given to you. And it couldn't be foreseen. It was spoken of by the prophets in various ways, but nobody really could understand that this was specifically the way it was going to work. Even from the, all of the wisdom of God had been revealed by the prophets, and it came to you finally, and you believe this thing, but it's because it's been God's will for you to have the Spirit of God living in you, to open your eyes, to open your ears, uh, your, your hearts to receive the wisdom of the Son of God crucified. To believe it. To save you from the ways of sin and uh, the wrath of God's justice and the eternal destruction that is hellfire. The, he has rescued you this exact way. Now you know Christ crucified. This is the thing that is known to you because you have received and believed the gift of God that was prepared for you a long, long time before anybody was made. And you have come to believe him because he has come to live in you. That's what the Spirit does. Just as Paul did not come with worldly wisdom, he did not come that way. He didn't come with clever speech or any proclamation of his own. It was something quite different. But, but as God has always intended for you, that is what he came with. And he came with the power of the Spirit of God, granted through the things that he spoke to people about Christ crucified. That was the message to Corinth, and that is the message to you, because you have this letter as well. So now, miraculously really, you have in your hands the, the once secret wisdom of God to know your salvation, to believe it, and even to report it in the world as someone who's been sent, as uh, everyone who has come before you all the way down through the centuries until you, you have that power of God in you that causes you to believe and, and also causes you to reveal it to the world. It's the message is in your hands. And some will come to believe it as you did. Um, you teach it, you live it, you act through it because you believe it, because the Spirit of God helps you to do that. So he reveals Christ crucified through you. That is the gift of the power of the Spirit in Christ crucified. Uh, I found verse 11 interesting also. It says, who knows a person's thoughts except the spirit of that person which is in him? So also 
no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God, which, of course, that makes perfect sense. What happens is the Holy Spirit is a part of the Trinity and knows God's mind because he is God's mind. And, and, and then he also has come to live in you. And therefore, he knows your mind. And, and what happens is what God knows, he has revealed, at least in part, to you. The wisdom that God has given is, is unhuman as it actually is, has been given to you because the Spirit knows God and the Spirit knows you. And that's how you've come to have this thing. It's been revealed to you by faith, which, as it turns out, is also a gift that the Spirit brings along when he comes. So you actually, this might sound a little odd to you, but you actually know God's mind. Some. You know what he found to be important. You know what he found to be powerful in human beings as the Spirit works through a simple thing like the word of Christ crucified. That's your salvation. That's the salvation that you bring with you everywhere you go. And it is as simple as Christ crucified for you. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.